Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR spring is that you warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles meet the super light collection the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors these must-have travel shoes have a lighter than air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever plus they're comfy right out of the box that means more comfort and less baggage experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort visit allbirds.com and use code super 24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of 48 dollars or more that's a-l-l-b-i-r-d-s.com code super 24 Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Serie A, the Italian football podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by a star-studded panel. Uh, first up, Vittorio Campanile with a big smile on his face after Lazio's brilliant performance. How are you? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Not bad. Good, good, good to have you back on the show. Uh, also joining us, Tommy Milanese, looking sharp today. Thank you. Just had a haircut, actually. I'm glad you noticed. Ah, very good. But I want to want to quickly to say congratulations to Vittorio for winning the the league. It's a, it's a pleasure for <laughs> me? me to to be the first. I thought Alessandro was winning the league. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and also, also joining us is Alessandro, uh, Scudetto winner already in October, uh-huh. as Roma. Uh, no, this is you with Arsenal, no? Oh, Arsenal already won the Premier League. They won it three weeks ago. Okay, okay. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Fantastic stuff. Great to have you all here. Okay, um, let's start off then uh, with the game between Inter and Roma. Probably the standout fixture. In fact, it was the standout fixture uh, on the Serie A uh, roster sort of last weekend. Um, I didn't think that Roma would go to Inter and win. I've got to be honest. I know there's been some issues at Inter. I know there's been a lot of talk around you know, what's going wrong under Simone and Zaghi at the moment. But I didn't foresee this result. Did you, Ali, did you expect Roma to go to San Siro and come away with all three points? I would have signed for a, uh, for a draw in San Siro, but definitely was a massive win. Uh, we can say we rescued the, the defeat against Atalanta. Probably... Um, we didn't deserve to to lose against Atalanta and a draw against Inter uh, would have been probably right. But I take it important. Massive win. Jose Mourinho style. <laughs> and obviously coming from behind as well, that says a lot about, I guess, the character of the side and the togetherness of the team. Yeah, I think it was just the, um, the second time uh, in the in our history we could uh, we could win in San Siro against Inter coming from behind. I guess last time was in 1959. So you can understand. <laughs> the thing. Always with the stats. Of, <laughs> of, of this 
three points and now let's wait obviously uh had napoli uh, and lazio at at the moment vittorio is looking at me with but at the moment the best team in syria even if lazio is behind atalanta and udinese they are they are playing really well so let's wait and let, let's see I always feel like when a result like this happens, we spend a lot of time focusing on the negative, so criticising the team that were beaten. Um, but I want to spend some time talking about Roma, first of all. Um, Tommy, I'm one of these... I, I'm anti-Mourinho, right? I've said it before. Everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, we know. And, you know... We didn't notice. <laughs> no, when they do, When they do manage to pull out results like this, you, you have to give them their dues. But... Do, do you see them as as a really serious contender for a top four place now? Because, I mean, I look at it, you know, they're only a couple of... I don't expect Atalanta and Udinese, for example, to stay in the positions that they're in currently. Roma are showing at least some consistency, three wins in their last five. Are they good enough to, to cement a place in the top four? And what did you make of their performance at the weekend? Something that Roma always struggled with, especially recently is to perform against big teams, right? Um, and in the last couple of years, they always produced some good football and some good results. And then every time it was a, a big match with the top four, top five, they were always um, struggling and, and a lot of times failing to get a result. Um, they, this time they, they didn't. Um, and they achieved it in the most Mourinho way, as, as the guys are saying. Um, I thought the intensity of the game from both teams was incredibly low. Uh, it was a bit of a boring game. And that's not what I expected from Inter at all. But that is what I expected from Roma. And I, I like to say that the best players on the pitch were, well, of course, Dybala because of the goal. But other than him, it was Smalling at the back and, and Matic, which, I mean, that's a perfect game for him. He was, uh, <laughs> when it's a bit slow, you know what I mean? They're absorbing pressure. And he, and he did a, a great job of that. Um, and that shows you why Mourinho signed him at, at the age he is. Um, so, if, you know, I mean, everyone wants to see good football. Everyone wants to see their team scoring loads of goals and, and attacking. But because Roma struggled against big teams, and if this works, like it has done yes, a couple of days ago, then so be it. Um, I, I wouldn't mind at all. You know, a win is a win. And for the first time in a, in, in a few years, they're showing some kind of consistency between smaller teams and, and bigger teams. So these are positive signs, I would say, for Roma. Um, with that said, I don't think... I'm, I'm not sure they'll quite make it to the top four. I think they're missing some some bits compared to other teams. But I think I think it's a positive. Vittorio, what are you, what's your take on the positives from Roma uh, based on the weekend? And do you think they'll make the top four? So, Tommy, you're saying that it's not Mourinho, but Borinho, right? <laughs> okay, can I say this quickly? I already talked to Dale about this. I I made the, <laughs> I said that this game looked like, you know, when you go play football at five or side with your friends and you go 10 minutes before and you see the, the people that are playing before you, um, for the last five minutes, and they're all very tired, and they just don't care. They just shoot from afar. It looked like it, like that. that. That's what I said. Before Victoria started, let's say something. No, I had the the chance to watch the North London derby lunchtime, oh, and yeah. then <laughs> you could feel the difference. 
Between Arsenal and Tottenham, or uh... <laughs> no. guys, this is not the time and place. <laughs> I haven't actually spoken to Tommy since that. Actually, there you go. They they did it for me, <laughs> Vittorio. Um, your take on on Roma's performance, on Roma getting the result, and and their their progress, well, I guess, so far this season, albeit early. Well, I think I agree with Alessandro. Roma deserved to win to win against Atalanta. They lost. Probably Saturday they didn't deserve to win, but they won. So you know, sometimes that's the type of football. Um, I don't think they didn't deserve to win Saturday. Uh, I thought that till Dybala scoring the equalizer, Inter was playing better. But after that, the match changed completely, and uh, Inter didn't create pretty much anything. Roma had a chance at this score. So you know, in football, if you score more goals, you win. So. Uh, after all, yeah, it wasn't an exciting match, but this is what you'll you'll get from from Roma. So um, confident win. I mean, winning at San Siro is never easy. Um, so I think they're going to be a big challenge. One thing we didn't mention is Abraham not starting. I mean, that's something. No, he he started all the matches so far. So this was quite surprising. And we, we said it, right? And I think we talked about it last time against Atalanta. He missed so many chances. With a striker who scores, Roma could be three, four points ahead. So Dybala scored. Dybala changed the game with a big help of Andanovic, to be honest with you. But Roma can be very dangerous. And if the back, the defense, works better, because I said Andanovic, but Rui Patricio as well, uh, Roma's inter goal was quite easy. So, you know, uh, Roma can be a contender, I think. If Onana was playing, would Roma have won? Because Roma only I, produced that, that shot, basically. And obviously, the, the second goal. I mean, before yesterday, I would tell you yes. But yesterday, Onana played in the Champions League. And I didn't I didn't think he played well. I mean, the goal is allowed Clean by Barcelona. You know, the goal is allowed to Barcelona. He made a mistake, a mistake there. And for 95 minutes, he never gave me the confidence uh, when he was there and they were attacking. So, don't know. Andanovic is definitely struggling and it's not the first year. I mean, it's the last two, three years that Andanovic is not Andanovic anymore. So, but I don't think Onana is the answer. You know, I, I would have gone... Take Vicario. Vicario is playing really well with Empoli. I think with 10, 15 millions, you can get a young goalkeeper, very interesting and probably better than Onana. So, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, let's flip it now to Inter, because obviously we're we're recording this after they got that result against Barcelona in the Champions League. It was a much needed result for Simone and Zaghi because there have been a lot of questions. There's been a lot of criticism. Um, Tommy, where do you stand on, on Inzaghi at the moment? Because obviously the defeat against Roma, you, you could maybe look at that and say, given the way the game played out, it was a little bit harsh. They then ended up winning ugly against uh, against the Barcelona side. Are we being fair in saying that, you know, they're just, they're struggling at the moment. They're stuttering and sometimes it's coming off, sometimes it's not, but it's not sustainable the way they're playing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, they are definitely struggling. That's not a secret. And I don't think the win yesterday, although beating Barcelona is always 
great. And it's something that might give them a little bit of momentum. But I don't think that fixes anything. Um, it was an ugly performance, really. Um, it was an ugly win. Uh, the goal came from from a shot from afar, which, you know, uh, Charnog was great at that. And it can happen in any game, to be fair. Uh, it just happened to happen in one of the most important games so far this season, uh, which which is great for him. But um, other than that, Barcelona probably deserve to at least draw, if not if not win. Um, and I think Inter is basically in the same position as it was before. Um, they 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 need to find some consistency. Um, maybe that might come when Lukaku comes back, which should be next, next either the next game or the next one. Uh, but either way, I don't think they should rely on one player. I, I don't see Inter very well, but at the same time, I don't think it's a disaster. I don't think we're in a position where the manager should be sacked and we should start again. Um, it's, it's it's still early in the season, and I mean Inzaghi did so well with Lazio, but it did take him years to you know to to get him to the level, and and it was a team built around him. Uh, well, obviously this this Inter um, team isn't, so I think definitely to give more time to him and and hopefully for them. They will get some momentum from the win yesterday to to actually get some results in in the league, which are absolutely important now. Vittorio, do you think he deserves more time? I personally do. I think that he's proven himself to be a good manager over the years. I think that all is not been well at Inter behind the scenes as well, which hasn't helped. I know we were talking about it earlier in the season. We thought maybe they'd have a bigger window than they did um, in terms of what they went out and done. Where are you on the whole Inzaghi thing? What's the problem at Inter at the moment? Is it tactical? Is it uh, is it down to the players? Is it a lack of confidence? Is it I don't know. What, what would you put it down to? Well, you know, fans blame Inzaghi because it's easy, but I don't believe Inzaghi saying to Andanovic, "Hey, when the ball shoot, put it in the net," okay? <laughs> or, or you know, when they take a free kick, don't get out and and grab it, right? Stay on the line and. Uh, so I blame the players. I blame the players. We talk already about the transfer market. I mean, uh, at the end of this, the, the summer transfer, Inter just signed Lukaku. That's it. They were talking about Bremer, Dybala, etc. Nothing happened. So Inzaghi, it's a good manager with issue and things that he does pretty well. And one of the things we saw it yesterday in big matches, usually Inzaghi step up and the team step up and they play. They won. Not it wasn't a nice match, but I mean, if on Tuesday morning someone will tell you, "Hey, Inter is gonna beat Barcelona," ninety-nine percent of the people will said, "Come on, they have no chance," and they won. So I blame the players. I mean, Barella is awful. Barella is playing so bad that it's embarrassing. And the other thing is, he's not only playing bad; he's also complaining with the ref, with the other teammates, etc. Um, Correa is never scoring. There are so many issues there with the players that, yeah, blame usually, especially in Italy, the one that pays for everyone is the manager. But I don't think this will this will fix the problem, right? I think Inter has the the roster, the team is not good anymore. It's not there. Um, Chalanoglu scored yesterday, but shall we talk about the performance he had in the last couple of matches? I mean, I don't believe Inzaghi said to Chalanoglu, okay. Play poorly for the next three matches, you know. So, obviously, he's the one that picks the player. There have been a long, a big discussion in the last days 
Onana should start instead of Andanovic, which, you know, it's something that you can talk about, even though after yesterday I wouldn't be so sure. But I don't see this huge difference from the players he picked and, and the one that are on the bench, honestly. Ali, do you agree that the players need to shoulder most of the responsibility around Inter's struggles at the moment? Yes and no, because if you are Inter manager, you need to to guide the players. The, the feeling you have when when watching a Inter game is they're always at the mercy of the event. They can win against everybody, but they can lose against everybody. And this is dangerous, you know, because um, when you watch Inter, you expect to see identity. What we see when we are watching uh, Milan and Lazio, for example, but Roma as well, it's it's not a good play, but they show an identity. They, they fight, they challenge every time. Uh, Inter is a sort of hybrid, and uh, this is the main issue and the thing Inzaghi need to, to solve as soon as possible to me. Indeed, indeed. Um, let's take it on then to uh, inter-city rivals Milan, who produced a stunning victory in the end uh, against Empoli. I, I watched this game. I couldn't believe what I was seeing when uh, Nedim Bajrami equalised on the 92nd minute. I thought that was it. I thought Milan had dropped points and I was ready to come on here and tell you guys, I've been saying all along that this Milan side are not as formidable as people make them out to be. And then they go and score not one, but two goals deep into stoppage time to make sure that they left with all three points. Tommy, this Milan side, I mean, they're playing tonight in the Champions League and, and we're recording before that game takes place, but they're a bit of a machine at the moment, aren't they? They're a winning machine. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this Milan team of the last few years. I think, I think most people are. Uh, and the way they won this game... A lot of people said lucky. It was luck. But, I mean, how many times do they have to show it? They've done it so many times. Mm-hmm. I remember um, one with Lazio last season when Tonali scored in the last minute. Um, I mean, I, I can <laughs> still nightmares for Vittorio. Um, and, the, and a few few other games where they, they won it so late. Uh, when it happens so many times, you know, it's not luck. Uh, it can't be luck one time. Uh, but when you do it so many times, it's, it's winning mentality. It's, it's being a, a great team. Um, and I mean, they won a league, so what more do they need to do to show people what they are? Uh, and you've got to say that player Empoli away with so many injuries, you know, is, is not easy. Of course, you expect them to win, but they play dominating. They had the chance, a few chances. One, remember, for Leao in the first half, which was a great save from Vicario. So they could have made it much, much easier than they did. Um, but yeah, they're playing with so many injuries. Uh, Magnan, Teo Hernandez. Um, and other other injuries that are very important is from Rebic and, and Origi, because you got to think that Milan played for, I think, a good three weeks, if not more, just with Giroud as a striker. I mean, Giroud is a great striker and he's proven to be um, decisive, even at his age, but you cannot rely on the, on, on one player. Uh, you, they, they have two strikers behind them because they need them to come on when things are difficult. And that's exactly what happened this game. Rabic came on, scored straight away, did an assist, and, and he was really the reason why Milan was able to, to get it over the line. Um, so, just like we said with Juventus, loads of times, they had loads of injuries. Milan also had loads of injuries, loads of important players, and they still performed very high, and they're almost at the top of the table. They're only a couple of points away. 
So, so yeah, huge positive for Milan, I think. What was the debate that you guys were having off air about Rafael Leao? He took his goal brilliantly. I'm about to drop a bomb in here. Go on. (laughs) In my opinion, Rafael Leao, right now, today, 5th October 2022, is top five players in the world. (laughs) Bye, guys. See you. (laughs) Top top five players in the world. I think that's a bit... I think that's a bit strong, Tommy. It's Top a five, starting with the L. He brings you, he's a player that brings you goals uh, on his own. He showed them many times last season when Milan was struggling, especially at the end. He was literally getting the ball in midfield and just scoring. He provides assists on the last game, did three in 30 minutes. He's strong. His dribbling is like top of the level. Um, it, I don't know. To me, there's not there's many players in the world right now that are as complete as him and they can give you as much as he does obviously Holland just to give you a bit of context Harry for Tommy it's better than Harry prime time so (laughs) what was that sorry I missed that one it's it's better than Harry Henry, no, 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 no. He, he, he reminds, <laughs> remi- we discussed yesterday, he reminds us a lot of Henry as a kind of player. I mean, Henry, you can give us your thought, obviously. But the, the, as in the kind of style, the, the you know, the, the technical abilities, it reminds me like Henry. Different, of course, but similar in it as well. I think I think he's got that, that love for playing off of the left and coming in field. Leal does that. That's similar to what Thierry Henry sort of really uh, sort of thrived at doing. I think he's obviously very physical, very powerful, very quick. Again, similar to Thierry Henry. But I don't think he's technically anywhere near as good. I've got to be uh, honest. Staying stay in Serie A at the moment, I would pick every single day Kravashkelia rather than Leal. I don't know. Uh, I love Kravashkelia. What a match. I mean... This guy, this guy came from nowhere and he's scoring every single game. I mean, yeah, you know what? You know what's about him? He's so good. He's one at the moment is one is the one of the players that's performing the best in Europe. But it gives me this idea that he still has more. Like his ceiling is higher than than is. You know what I mean? When I watch him, I'm just like, this is not his prime. This is not everything he's got. To me, it looks like he can get even more, which is scary. Yeah, yeah, but so, even Serate, no. In his first season in Syria, <laughs> was yeah they, they would give him a a Ballon d'Or probably after three months. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Vittorio. Yeah, then he stopped immediately. But yeah. <laughs> so Ali, do you agree with Tommy's statement? Top five uh, player in the world, Rafael. No, I, I was a bit uh, lower, but I really I really love Liao. But okay, so so why not? Why is he not in that bracket? Uh, I mean. Holland, Mbappe, uh, Neymar, Benzema, Messi. Lewandowski, uh, Dybala, Pellegrini, Abraham, Cristante, Mati. And that's it. Uh, then we have <laughs> full Roma squad and then we have Leao, yes. Zaleski. Zaleski. <laughs> what about you, Vittorio? Uh, you, you obviously disagree. Why? What is it that Rafael Leao is missing in your eyes, that means he's he very good. He's not, con- he's not consistent. I think th- w- this is one of the things. And you have to t- play a different type of football, right? When you are, he has plenty of space, he can be incredible. But when you are defending back, you know he hasn't got 
room to run, he struggles a little bit. So, and again, top five, seriously, I think, honestly, Kravashkelia, Milinko Isavic, um, even Dybala could be at that level, you know. And they're already three all in Serie A. Shall we talk about the Premier League? There are at least other five, Ben. So, you know, maybe in a couple of years' time, he could be top five. But at the moment, no, honestly. Just just before we move on from this game, did anyone feel a little bit for, for Empoli? Because I thought their performance was okay. You know, they managed 16 attempts at goal. Well, they, we have they to had talk a good goal. goal. Well, right. The first goal of Milan. I mean, there had been a huge discussion. The Rocky, the 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 chief of the referee, talked about it, right? He said, Yeah, we, we should have been more careful. Because what happened? Uh, I don't remember who took the throw in of me. Uh, Tonali was Tonali. Tonali. He took it like 10, 15 meters. <laughs> and, I... and all that for the team was <laughs> near to the half. And, and, and then there was Leao that passed it to Rebic that was, you know, close to the goal. So uh, Zanetti protested a lot and uh, he got a yellow card. And I thought he was right, honestly. Uh, yeah. He should. I, I agree with you, but let me say something. Uh, Tonali is exactly the proof of this um, of Milan change of identity. You know, yeah. two years ago was a really shy, and after in the interview, told to the press, uh, "Okay, if I I would have taken the the throw in from there, Pioli would have killed me." And this is this shows how Milan grow uh, in in the last two seasons. Then I agree. Uh, probably he took the throw in at least ten meters ahead, and this is not right. But it's not easy because also Empoli they are play, uh, they they are playing really well. Uh, I see Tommy complaining. Maybe once so or add something. No, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely, I would never dare. To... <laughs> now, what what I was thinking is that Tonali's interview was amazing, but it wasn't the best interview. <laughs> from that game, <laughs> I don't know if Vittorio, I don't know if you've seen the Ballo Touré interview to Sky. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be a little mean here, so uh, sorry, Harry. I apologize in advance, but um, so bless him, he, he, he doesn't speak Italian very well, you know. I mean, it's understandable, it hasn't been there long enough, yeah. Um, but the journalist asked him, uh, who do you um dedicate this goal to? and he was like, uh, mother, and then and then journalist to make sure it was like. Your mother, and then you replied, "Yeah, yeah, your mother." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, bless him. I mean, we all, we, you know, it's always difficult to 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 have. When I first moved to to the US, my English was awful, so uh, I'm I'm sure I made many mistakes like that. So it's a bit unfair for me to make fun no, of. No, it's all it's it's all light-hearted banter. It's all good. Um, let's talk Lazio, Vittorio. Uh, cracking result for them again, but more than the result. They're playing some amazing football at the moment. Um, you mentioned Milinkovic Savic a little bit earlier on. A couple of goals for him, Romagnoli on the score sheet, and Zakanyi as well. Um, give us a bit of a, a breakdown of this game because I didn't watch this one. I only saw the highlights. But when you looked at the statistics, although the possession was heavily weighted in Lazio's favour, actually Spezia had a fair few attempts at goal as well. Yeah, well, I think at the moment, and I know the guys don't trust, don't don't believe what I say, but 
Milan and Napoli are the only team playing better than Lazio at the moment. We are playing a great football and uh, we show it on Sunday, which usually doesn't happen because after the international break, Lazio struggle. And this is the first time since Sarri that Lazio win three matches in a row in Serie A. So this tells... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. How not consistent this team has been in the last two years. What do you mean uh, international break? Immobile skipped it to, to be fresh for Spezia. He was there though, right? Just like Pellegrini. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Even Pellegrini was called and then he, he, he went back. But yeah, Chiro missed the penalty after one minute. So <laughs> this proves That's also true. that he wasn't 100% fit. But Chiro Mobile is an issue. I think he missed seven of the last 13 penalties which is a lot so 19 19 okay well yeah. that's better but <laughs> still this is an issue for a, a a number nine who takes the penalties but Lazio's playing great football and Spezia's not a bad team to be honest it's just one point behind Fiorentina that everybody's praising so it's it's a solid team and Lazio managed to score four goals miss a penalty hit a crossbar, created other chances. So we're playing great football. Now we have to see if in the Europe League as well, we, we continue like that. And then on Monday, there is Fiorentina Lazio. That would be probably an um, interesting test because Fiorentina, I don't know if we're going to talk again about it, uh, has lost again. So they are in a difficult situation. Uh, they had a lot of fans believing that this could be the year where Fiorentina could finally reach you know, the top four, top five. But they're struggling a lot. So next Monday is going to be a challenge for Lazio. But this team is playing great football. So really, really happy about that. We didn't concede goal for the third match in a row. And again, this is something unbelievable. If you think last year, Lazio was one of the worst defense of Serie A. Now it's the second best. So things have changed for the, for the good. Chiro Immobile missing, what was that? Seven penalties of the last 19. Yeah. He shouldn't be taking them anymore. Why is he still taking them? Because it's Shiremobile. So he's got that sort of power that he can... Yeah, he's the legend. When you don't have it, even Shiremobile is a legend, no? I was, I was going to say, if Milinkovic-Savic, because he can, Milinkovic can do everything in yeah. life. We discussed, he can play basketball as well. He's good at everything. <laughs> if, he, if he takes penalty in 19, he will miss maybe one. <laughs> yeah, I would say, but obviously... Uh... Immobile is Immobile, you know. Of course and not. It was yeah. really funny because after the game, he apologized with all the fantasy football managers. 
And we'll talk about that. I, two points half. I had Milinko Isavic in goal. You <laughs> concede three goals and Immobile taking the penalty. So, I mean, my fantasy football wasn't great this weekend again. Mine either, but with, Mine <laughs> that's either. another topic. Uh, there you go. We are all in the same boat. But if you look, for example, Harry, at the goal difference, uh, Lazio and Napoli have the best one plus 12. Lazio score one goal less than Napoli, but they conceded one one goal less than Napoli. So uh, it's yeah. they are doing really, really well. Indeed. Um, let's touch on, uh, on Napoli. They uh, were 3-1 winners over Torino. Uh, Kvaratskhelia again on the score sheet and played incredibly well, as did Napoli in Europe last night. An emphatic victory away at Ajax. Let's talk about them in the Serie A first and then we'll briefly touch on uh, that win uh, in the Amsterdam Arena. Ale, Napoli are one of those sides that we all look at and we keep thinking, well, at some point they're going to drop off. And a lot of the time on this show, we've said, well, that's the Spalletti way. Yeah. Are you starting to think maybe, just maybe it might be different this no, season? No, I want just to think uh, I want to enjoy every second because at the moment, maybe Rafa Leao is not top five <laughs> in, uh, in the world, but Napoli at the moment are top three in Europe. They're, they're performing really well. And, and you see, uh, uh, when, when we saw the Champions League draw with Ajax and Liverpool, we all thought, okay, they're in trouble. When we have done the start grid, we thought, okay, I don't know if they, they, they can make it for the top four. Now they, they are playing a beautiful game. Uh, they have uh, a lot of options because uh, Simeone, Raspadori probably is the best Italian player at the moment. So uh, I, I'm really curious. Uh, unfortunately for them, now we, we will play one, one, month, one month and a half and then there will be a stop for the World Cup and then we'll start uh, a completely different season. For this reason, I'm telling you, if Atalanta still there now, then if, if they play just once per week, Gasperini knows how to last until the end of the season. So, exciting moment for us. Can I change slightly? Can I just say Leao top five in his position? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, it's, you can't compare a winger like that with De Bruyne or with, I don't know, Van Dijk, you know. You know no, exactly. So, Tommy, Dijk, once, once you drop a great. bomb and it explodes, the bomb is finished. <laughs> you can't I, go back I, I stand behind my statement. To me, it's top five in the world, but to make it a bit more, you know, a bit sweeter, a bit more round, <laughs> I'm going to say in his position. Tommy, what's, what's your take on, on Napoli? Um, I think there was a comment made on BT Sport last night. Um, I think it was James Horncastle who said that Napoli are probably the best team in the Champions League right now in terms of their level of performance. It's hard to disagree with that, isn't it, when you're looking at the way they've started this season because they've been unreal. Yeah, in the Champions League alone, they have obviously nine points, but they also have 11 goal difference, which is crazy. Three games, 11 goal difference. 3 0 uh, was a 5 2 with Liverpool, and then now 6 1. Um, it, it, it's really it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. And I mean, I was one of the few at the beginning of the season that I thought Napoli was going to do well, but I did not expect this well at all. Um, with, with Torino and Serie A, and a bit yesterday as well, it, it feels like it, it's just funny how in the last half an hour, Spalletti just takes off Caravastelia and Zielinski. 
it, it looks like they only need 50 minutes, 60 minutes to, to win and to score loads of goals and then to be in a position where you're comfortable enough to then remove your, you know, take off your best players to, to save them for, for the next game, which is a, 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 such a good position to be in. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a very good news as well for, for Spalletti and for the fans that Raspadori and Simeone as well, because yesterday he didn't start, he came on and scored straight away. With Liverpool, Ossiman started obviously and then got injured and Simeone came and scored straight away. With Milan, um, again, Raspadori started and Simeone came on and, and, and scored. So having a player like Raspadori, who is in great form, scored for the National League and is yeah, one, one of, probably one of the best Italian players at the moment, and then having another striker like Simeone that can come from the bench and score you an important goal that can give you three points. And then having Osimhen, which is coming back this weekend, or maybe the next one, it looks like it is weekend. I mean, that is a great position to be in as a manager. You must be laughing, especially because then you have a player like Ravastelli on the, on the left and Zielinski, who's one of the best forms he's been since, since his plays in Italy. I mean, it looks like nothing can go wrong at Napoli, but... At the same time, we have seen them struggling a bit with small teams in, in this season. Um, I, I don't think they're going to drop points with Cremonese away, but maybe it won't be as easy of a, as a game as as, as, a, as it's been yesterday with Ajax. Vittorio, Kvaras Galeo is a player that we've talked about a lot this season. He's a player that you mentioned already on this show. Um, continues to impress, doesn't he? But he's not the only one performing at a really high level. Like He seems to be the headline maker at the moment certainly in this country anyway, when people talk about Napoli's positive start to the season, they often refer to him. But people like Simeone, Raspadori, um, uh, of course, Zielinski as well. There's so many top quality players Lobotka. in that Napoli side, Lobotka, that are all performing oh, really? at a really high level. Um, has, has Spalletti finally found the balance in terms of all those attackers and in, in terms of the way he uses them? Because as Tommy mentioned, he takes people off, he brings people on. Has he just got a really well-oiled machine at the moment. Well, you know, Napoli won the last seven matches in a row, which is incredible if you think about it. And he done this, rotating a lot, because Spalletti done a lot of turnover. And uh, yes, you can say that they struggle a little bit against Spezia. They won just 1-0. Uh, but, you know, they have you have to do it, especially when you are in a such uh, competitive group stage of the Champions League. You know, you're playing Ajax, you're playing Liverpool, etc. But this year, you have to say that Napoli have done the right thing. Raspadori, it's a bench player for Napoli. He's been terrific so far. He's been such a quality player. We don't talk about him. But, I mean, uh, okay, Ajax is not probably the best Ajax of the last 10 years or so. But it's still difficult to win against Ajax away, especially when you go immediately down 1-0. So, and Raspadori has been terrific so far. He's a great player. Yes, Kravashkelia, it's probably the surprise nobody expected. But the positive thing is they have so many options, as Tommy was saying. And for the moment, because we have to see what happens going forward, um, Spalletti has been very good rotating these players because, you know, Raspadori, Raspadori started against Ajax. We saw Simeone starting as well. Um, they have Elmas on the bench, uh, Politano, uh, Dombele. I mean, they have a lot of quality players there. So uh, that's really intriguing. And one thing we didn't talk about is we know there is the World Cup, right? But in, Napoli has all these 
nobody going, no, Zelensky going to the World Cup, and that's it. So, you know, that could have a huge impact in the, in the second stage, in the second part of the season, because, you know, we don't know how the players will come back from the World Cup. An example, Di Maria, will he be playing after the World Cup, or will he say, hey, that's my target, I wanted to be ready for the World Cup, see you, I don't know when, you know. So that's very important to, to think about. Injuries. How many players will get injured during the World Cup? Well, none of the Napoli players, right? So that's that's even something we have to consider. Yeah, yeah and... mentally as well. Mentally. I think World Cup does a lot to you mentally, yeah. especially if you get to a later stage, the quarterfinal or that. Yeah, only Zelinski and Lozano. That's it. Yeah, and mm. even before the World Cup. I mean, if they will, if they win the the next Champions League games, they, they they will be already qualified for the round of 16. So, completely free to think, to focus on the league, and and then they 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 can be dangerous. If if they were to go on and win the Scudetto, now I'm not saying they will, but if they did, how big an achievement would that be? How much would that mean to Naples as a city? to Napoli as a football club, I can imagine the celebrations would be... I know it's early in the season, but I think the, the, the way they've begun the campaign gives them the right to at least dream a little bit. They they should dream. And, and to understand what does it mean, we should take a plane and go together to Naples and, and see how they, they will celebrate in that case. They will celebrate for two years. But that's one of the problems of Napoli. Because even last year in January, they were close. And they start thinking, okay, maybe we win the Scudetto. So fans got excited. And sometimes the atmosphere can be a problem. Because fans are so excited. even And the, and the players as well feel it, right? If the fans are so uh, galvanized and, and convinced they can do it, this can have a bad effect on the players. And yeah. this is one of the reasons why Napoli or Roma have, have won much less than they should have. Because the town is particular. It's not like Milan and Inter. If in Milan you lose a derby, Monday fans will talk about it. On Tuesday it's already gone. If you win the derby in Rome, the fans will talk about it for four months. And in that four months, the team could lose a lot of points. And the fans will say, yeah, I don't care. We want the derby for nil, you know. And that's pretty much the same thing that happens at Napoli, you know. If they beat Juventus, they will celebrate for three weeks. and But in the meantime, they will have to play matches. So that's something you have to consider when you're talking about Napoli, Roma, Lazio, and things like that. The pressure that it brings. Yeah. I mean, trouble starts when the city smells the the chance to win yeah because then the the most of the time the team cannot cope with the the pressure yeah no, it, it, indeed um let's talk juve just briefly um routine win for juve this week no uh real calamities to talk about no big controversies uh to go into um what did you guys make of their performance i'll, I'll come to you tommy just I mean, routine. Bologna are not an easy side to play against, I don't think. Um, but they, they managed to, to do it quite comfortably in the end. I think Bologna is not an easy team in the last few years, but this year has been, it, it hasn't been the best. <laughs> Let's say that they, 
and they change the manager and sometimes a, a team gets a boost of the new manager i don't think that happened at bologna really um but i, I saw a tweet that made me laugh it was like the, the juventus players were way more active than usual that's what happens when you spend 10 days away from Allegri for <laughs> the, the national team. So that made me laugh. But yeah, on paper, it's a good win. Or if you have a clean sheet and all two of you, both of your strikers score, uh, well, three if we put, if we put Kostic in the, in the strikers category. Um, and yeah, you didn't concede any goals. So in, in, on paper, it's a good win. Um, but I mean, obviously, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, much has changed. They're still in the same position. The games that really matter are now tonight against Maccabi Haifa, which on paper is an easy game, but in the Champions League it's never easy. And it's an absolute must win because Juventus is on zero points in the Champions League. So if they if they draw, if they lose or even draw, they'll be in a very compromised position. And then on Sunday, there'll be a huge test against Milan. Um, so I think to, to talk about Juventus and if, if they're finding out um, a way out of this crisis... It will be after these two games, not for the three 0 against Bologna. Yeah, I'm assuming that you guys agree with that as well. That there are bigger tests to come, and and we'll see in time if Juve have actually turned the corner or not. Um, Atalanta and Udinese both won again this weekend. Atalanta beating Fiorentina. Um, I, I don't really know what to make of them this season. I'll come to you, Ale, because you mentioned that um, you know Gasparini has. A lot of experience understands what it takes in this division, in this league. What are you thinking is an achievable target for them then? Do you think that Champions League qualification is something they should be seriously looking to achieve? They can try. I don't know if they, they will last until the end of the season. To be honest, even today, I will tell you, they... Uh, so what are they missing out, for you? What they, are they they're missing both you? out of the top six, for example. What are they missing, yeah. though? What is it that makes you think that, despite their early season form, they, they'll probably fall away? Is it a lack of depth? Is it the quality of players? Where do you think they'll fall short? No, but when it's March, then uh, the three points and the games are around another kind of pressure. Uh, and I don't know if they, uh, they're able. Atalanta, yeah, for sure. Udinese, I don't know. I'm not totally convinced. You know what doesn't convince me about Atalanta? They're not playing Gasparini style. I mean, they're playing contract type of football, which is exactly the opposite of what Gasparini preach. So this is the thing I I don't understand. Against Roma, they won playing as Mourinho's type of football. And they're doing pretty much the same every single week, which is something I don't understand. It's something that, I don't know, what, what happened? Um, so yeah, they're winning, but they're not playing great football, and I don't know how long they can carry on playing like that. And what Gasperini is thinking about that, because you know, Gasperini predicts a football uh, where you attack, you keep the ball, you you move it, etc. Not doing like that. So it, it's curious. It's very surprising seeing Atalanta playing like that. Yeah, but I've read that, you know, because I feel like Gasperini went to the train center looked around and see there's no Ilicic, there's no Gobens, there's no well, Zapata, there's a, there's a half of Zapata, there's only one leg. Um, same, same Muriel, one leg of Muriel. Um, 
it, it, there's no quality really. There's no his goal sense. Um, there's no Atabor of, of a prime prime Atabor. So I think you look around and you see Ederson with all the respect about Ederson, Hoylund, um, all these all these players, and you know it's like I can't play my football anymore with these players. They they don't fit my. You know if if he, if there's one player that doesn't fit your system, but the rest do, he can adapt. But if there's four or five, then you gotta change something. And I appreciate that. For me, it shows he's a good manager because instead of keep playing his football and keep losing but keeping his identity, he adapted and changed and is working so far. Um, I agree. It doesn't. I mean, it, we, we he can't play that football for every single game of the season and win every single game of the season. Obviously, it might gonna have to change again. But if you don't have the players, then you can't play an exciting attacking pressure football. So be it. What about Udinese? I mean, I, I know Ali's not convinced that they will maintain the level they've set at the start of the season. Vittorio says no as well. Why? It's, it's a little bit the opposite of what we were talking about, Napoli, Roma and Lazio, right? The, the team hasn't got any pressure. So the problem is that now they start playing, they're happy, they're winning, etc. When the pressure comes, when the points are important, they feel that they don't have pressure. Fans don't, don't, don't care about that much. And so they don't give 100% in every single match. When they're tired, when it's cold, when it's tough to play, when the other team is fighting every single ball, they will start losing points, even though, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. And they will do because Udinese fans won't put pressure on them. And so that's one of the reasons why team like Sassuolo, for example, or Udinese, who has good players, they start very strong. They are maybe they reach December, that maybe they are fifth, sixth, or maybe fourth. And then in June, they are eighth, ninth, tenth. And you wonder what's going on? They didn't sell any player, they're all there, but they start dropping points. And that's the reason. They have they have no pressure. Good stuff. Um, just before we uh, wrap up this week's show, uh, I do want to ask Tommy what on earth is going on oh, at no. Sampdoria. Oh, no. Um, I was fearing this question. You know, uh, they're rock bottom of the league. They've had a, an awful start to the season. Two draws, six defeats. Battered at home by Monza at the weekend. What is going on? What's the latest uh, with regards to Sampdoria? And how are they going to turn this around? Because their early season form suggests that they're serious relegation candidates at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we could do a whole podcast about what's, what's wrong with Sampdoria at the moment, but... It's it, it's easy to to say in a few words. We haven't had an owner in more than a year. Um, there's loads of talks about potential new owners, uh, some from from the east east part of the world, some from the US. Um, but at the end, nothing ever happens. So it's um, it, you know it's it's difficult when you don't have an owner, we don't have a project. We sold loads of good players, and we didn't really buy anyone. We had a few loans here and there. Um, the manager, Gianpaolo, I mean, he's he's been awful in the last few seasons. And you can really see that he doesn't care anymore. I'm sorry. But you could see him. I think it was at the game against Monza, the one before, um, that he was literally just smoking a cigar on, on, on the stands while, while we were getting battered by, I don't even remember who, Espezia, um, away. So the manager doesn't care. There's no owner that cares. There's no motivations because... To be fair, the players are good. I mean, obviously, they're not great, but they're much better than being last in the league. 
I think we have a better team than Cremonese, than Lecce, than even probably similar level to Spezia, similar level to Bologna. Um, I think the players are there. What we need now is some um, motivation and, and, you know, something needs to happen in the head of the players. My preferred um, option for manager was Ranieri, which unfortunately uh, the country declined because he had problems with the well, with the with the company the side of of the, of the club. Um, so we went with Dejan Stankovic. I personally think is a good idea. Um, he hasn't managed for that long. He has done pretty good at Red Star, but more than that, he looks both from when he was a player and and now he looks like someone um, that he can really move something in the head of these players, you know, if you know what I mean. Uh, sometimes, you know, relegation or not relegation, it's a matter of, it's a very fine line. It's about motivation. You can see Salernitana last season, they were dead last. And then they won, I think, four or five games in a row uh, at, the end, at the end of the season and they stayed up. So the players are there. Um, of course, we do need an owner sooner rather than later that can give some stability. But more than everything, we need a manager that can, you know, move these players and, and, and give them some motivation to actually fight for their lives. Um, I'm hopeful that Stankovic could be the right guy. We'll see. I think going forward for the rest of the season, we should do Stankovic watch on every episode <laughs> where we'll get we'll get Tommy's take on, on how that's going. Um, I listen... think within the first game, he will strangle at least three players. <laughs> Definitely. Listen, Sampdoria are a big club, a club that I've got a lot of admiration for based on their history. It's sad to see them in this position. And um, and the ownership issue is obviously one that just needs to be resolved. How much do you think a club like Sampdoria would cost somebody to buy now? It's tough to say because sometimes clubs like that have loads of debts. So maybe they buy them for free and obviously they cover the debts. Mm. Um, the situation some daughter is a bit is a bit of a mystery you know there's loads of different news coming out um so i don't think it, it would cost that much but obviously you need someone that would be able to um to do some well good investments and you know everyone who buys a football club wants money back you know it's not like maybe maybe mantovani in the 90s bought the club without really thinking about making a mint but more as a passion uh, now football is different so it's not, I think it's not really about how much it costs. L loads of people could afford it. It's more about how do we make money off it. So there's lo loads of work that need, be, need to be done in marketing, social media, PR, um, stadium. Of course, that's a, that's, a, that's another difficult topic that's been going on in Geneva for loads of years. Uh, you need to be someone with, with this kind of ideas, this kind of commitment. And I mean, it's a lot to ask. So I can see why. Not everyone wants to buy it, but uh, yeah. the latest news is talking about a Saudi fund um, that hopefully will, should pump some money in it s sooner rather than later to, to kind of stabilize and then with a mid-long-term plan kind of make it a bigger team. But, um, you know, with these things, you never know if it's true, if it's actually happening. It's it's just a waiting game, but it's, it's just been going wrong for too long. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a whole year, if not more, that we haven't had an owner, so... So it needs to be sorted straight away. Indeed, it does. It does. Uh, guys, uh, thank you so, so much uh, for joining me as always. Thank you to Vittorio. Thank you to Tommy. Thank you to Ale as well. Uh, you can follow all the guys. Their social media handles will be in the description below. 
Uh, don't forget to follow Simply Seria as well on Twitter. And if you're listening, well, you will be listening on audio, wherever it is you're listening from, I should say, uh, please do make sure that you're subscribed and make sure that you leave us a review. We'll be back next week with some more Italian football chat. Until then, take care of yourselves. All the best. Goodbye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.